supply chain, consulting, warehouse operational, market share, material handling, transportation. attractive posture on the camera I think you've got it I have it yeah okay you know I I just I do this to try and sort of if I go f maybe I should always head for but I, I like looking at you but then I reveal the <laughs> well, uh, you said you need the test the Guinness Book of World Records beer gut um, hey this is really exciting you're here in Montreal yeah. and uh, uh, you are famously the Oracle of Long Beach a name earned because of your great wisdom uh, when it comes to all things technology. Uh, for anyone who does know you, you Ben are the director, well, the, the partner in charge of the NetSuite practice at LID, right? So helping clients continually improve, manage the, the their installs, and then uh, as as importantly, implement NetSuite for new clients. And uh, it's it's. I think we can have a very exciting conversation around that. But first, I just want to point out, on this podcast, you are uh, an icon, a behind-the-scenes icon, because you wrote the theme song to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Wrote it, produced it, and even enlisted... My daughter, my daughter Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> I um, was in, our, in our backyard, I hit record on my phone, and I... I was just saying phrases to her to repeat, and some of them, you know, supply chain, she says that's fine on her first try, and then there was a couple of others, uh, so digital transformation was the one she said. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mouthful. <clears throat> so the after four or five tries, the best she got was uh, digital transferization. So if you listen closely <laughs> at the beginning, the last phrase she says is digital transferization. It's and and what's so fun? I remember the first time you you played it for me or gave me a recording to hear, and I, that was the coolest thing. This supply chain, you know, it's the coolest, coolest thing, and um, uh, and I love it. Of course, it, it, it's accompanied by those credits, which which I hate. You know how you hate hearing your own voice, mm. and uh, there's a part of it where I have to watch myself walk, yeah. and I don't walk. I waddle. I didn't. I never realized that, but I waddle. Uh, I, I've waddled my whole life. Um, anyway, at every age, at every so it's very interesting. One day I was you waddled to and from the Dungeons and Dragons. Games. <laughs> that was that was one year of Dungeons and Dragons. Sorry, but I was maybe twenty years ago in Burlington, Vermont. <clears throat> for a lot of us Montrealers, right before Christmas, we head down for a weekend of shopping, and. Uh, we would do it as a tradition. My sisters, their families, my my parents. We all go down, get some hotel rooms, and you know, get Hannaford grocery uh, chicken and just you know, and and Hannaford wine, and we'd have a great time. And then we'd go to the malls. And um, one day, uh, one of those trips about twenty years ago, Jeremy Kenemy uh, from from high school, 
who's now a, a very important real estate commercial real estate broker here in Montreal. He uh, races up to my dad and says, "Mr. Fallon," and and my dad had his back to him, and so my dad turns around. It's oh, Jeremy! Like I haven't seen you in fifteen years. How how did you recognize me? And he said, "Your walk is exactly like Charlie's." <laughs> so I inherited the waddle. Anyway, but no one wants to hear about this, Ben. You you think that, but anyway, that's fine. <laughs> the the thing that's great about having you here, um, you know, the, the the folks who listen to this, uh, they're actually a lot like me in the sense that you know um, every business. Uh, is so fundamentally tied to technology. Technology is pervasive in every area of, of, of business. And we tend to treat it with a great deal of um, anxiety and intimidation around it, right? We're, we're, we, are, we are lay people, and then we have these technology, the oracle of Long Beach, we call you because you have wizard-like insights into, into these technologies. And uh, it would be great to have a conversation where we, we talk to those folks, you know, um, someone who's in uh, a director of a purchasing department, someone who is a CFO, CEO, they, they, they know that technology is required to run a business, but, but beyond that, they know nothing, right? And they're scared of this whole thing. So can we demystify, spend a few minutes demystifying what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're there's a lot of different angles to look at it through. And I, I think one of them is there's an intersection between uh, the, what the business needs and how technology should solve that problem. And there's frequently a chasm there. And there can be a chasm for multiple reasons, but ultimately it's that either you need a, a, uh, a finance and operations person who is thinking enough about technology to think about how the technology should work and be able to convey that clearly, or you need a somebody on the technology side that is curious enough and business-oriented enough and empathetic enough and all these other kind of emotional intelligence to lean into that gap and to kind of extract all of that. And um, there, there is a... There, there can be an oversimplification on, on each side of like, well, we're just like every other company and so the technology should just, it should just exist, it should just be there and, and it should just work. Um, which for simple things, it, that's true, right? For, um, yeah, for like a help desk software or an accounting software or something that's not complex and cross-functional and you know, and all that. Um, and, and there can be a, uh, an oversimplification on the technology side to say, well, y you guys on the business side should know what you want, so we're, we're gonna take an order from you, you're just gonna tell us what you want, and, and then we'll make sure that the thing goes and does the thing. Um, so I think that having a human being, ideally on each side, but at least on one side to step into that chasm is crucial to end up with something that is you know some some combination of software and features and and things that do and support what all of the workers within the company need need to do so i think that that's that's one thing to demystify is just that these are not um these problems do not 
when we're talking about ERP and when, when we're talking about um, the people operating, the people purchasing and receiving, and uh, the, the people uh, fulfilling sales orders and things like that, the work that they're doing is directly posting the, the correct financial kind of events and transactions um, in, in real time. So there is no there there can there can be no chasm between finance and operations, and therefore, like somebody needs to think about how all of this stuff should work at, at the company, and, and then you know make the technologies support that. And what I'm describing is maybe, you know, maybe seems kind of trivial and obvious, uh, but it's it's just a very frequent gap that if you try to root cause like. Why is this technology not doing what we want? Ultimately, the answer is because some combination of conveying what is needed and, and uh, being curious and probing and figuring out what's needed um, has not happened. Let, so who cares, who cares what's being implemented? Because you guys never really, we never really figured out what it, what it should do anyway. You know, it's interesting what you just said because as, as you were saying it, I was thinking um, it's a universal problem. Right, uh, you know, you know, just take that example of operations and finance. They both exist in their own language, in their own set of terms, and in their own frame of reference. And even if it's not a technology question, right? What if it's just something as prosaic and and vulgar as racking? The the finance folks just don't have that depth of of of, of lived experience. To, to understand some of the critical components, some of the performance specification that, that the operations people are, are giving. But the operations people are so deeply in that world, it's hard for them to pull them, them, their, themselves out enough to express the need properly. Like, like I think that's a universal, certainly as a, as a, a, as a 25 year long consultant, I think that's a universal problem. Uh, and it's it's probably fundamental to for all of us to be always to for, for our success to always uh, keep that top of mind. You know that there's a language problem. Yeah, and every every communication has the thing that you want to convey, an encoding in the language, a transmission, and a, then a decoding, and and if you don't know. Who your audience is and what they will be able to, you know, decode or not, then there's no possible way to convey the correct message right. in the correct words. Right. And as we all know, the most difficult people in the world in in that process are technology nerds. They are the worst. Yeah, I think that the 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 skill set the skill set that enables somebody to um, uh, get into the weeds enough and, and, and dissect and dive into the problem enough to, to solve it from the, the ones and zeros level or from the code level or whatever uh, rarely accompanies an incredibly high level of empathy and, um, and, and no one would ever accuse you of having empathy Ben that's oh, for sure thank you <laughs> appreciate that that's a joke um so, okay, so now what, what I'm always curious about, and I know we, we discussed this, but I think it would be great to, to, 
like as an as an ignoramus, if I start at it, uh, let's say I am I run a business. Uh, well, Lid is a great example, right? So Lid starts life uh, using uh, I forget which one. Let's say QuickBooks. It wasn't. I think it was simply accounting, but the, you know some basic accounting package, and we start adding on as needed and ad hoc uh, pieces of software, uh, expense reporting, right? So that you can take your phone, capture a receipt uh, immediately on the phone, submit it, all that good stuff. Then there's timesheet reporting. Then there's uh, managing uh, 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 licenses uh, for just being able to use basic uh, office software. Uh, there's, you know, there's all these things that accrete to an accounting package, and what I know is there's a certain, what I think to myself is there's a certain point at which I need something more comprehensive, like, and 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 the, the the way we understand that of re is that I hit a certain level of sales, mm -hmm. therefore I need, and I I think you don't. Subscribe to that point of view. You would offer something a little more nuanced than that. Yeah, I think that that th there will inevitably be correlation between headcount and revenue and these other things, and the the complexity and and the the, the perception and reality of of pain points and gaps and, and things like that. Um, but it has to, in fact, come from that that level of of. Of in pain in, points, intolerable and pain points and, and gaps, and or or things that are preventing you from scaling and, and things like that. So, um, I think that breaking breaking these problems down into why are we talking about this, and it's and again that's not it's it's not a an easily stated thing. It, it's the why is probably obvious to everyone in in the conversation, but it's probably not actually the same. Like and so to state the why, like why why do we need uh, why does why does lid need to need an ERP or something like that? Um, you'll you ask five people and you'll get five answers. We don't. Uh, it's going to help our invoicing. It's going to help our you know budget versus actual. It's going to help our like reporting and business intelligence. It's going to help our resourcing. Right? Like you have all these answers. And so um, I think starting at like well why why are we talking about this software anyway? Um, and answering it for that company, for that set of human beings that's trying to work together, in at that moment in time, for uh, you know, for, for in, in that uh, that context and, and that size and, and everything else, why, why are we talking about this? Okay, uh, we're we're sort of aligned on on why what is our high level business objective and, and why we're talking about maybe considering a software like this. Okay, great. Break that down into what? What is what would success look like? Right? We, you know, use our imaginations. We're we're in the future. We have this perfect-ish or much much better tool set. And what are the types of capabilities that are happening more seamlessly without emails and checking and spreadsheets and, and downloads and summaries and um, so thinking about and and I would argue that taking the time to write these things down. Uh, it, it's I think there's a big aversion to to that and and it's it's like <laughs> I took a class um, in uh, when I was studying and, and I studied computer science I took a class called software engineering and I thought and so this was you know 23 years ago um, and you wouldn't you can't tell by looking at you oh, thank I would have said eight years ago and just 
Yeah, I had gray hair in my beard when I was 25. Mm. Okay. Um, the So software engineering, and uh, the word software engineering now is, is kind of ubiquitous with, uh, or, and, and it's kind of synonymous with, uh, with software development and things like that. But at the time, and, and that focus was the, the process, the engineering process of, uh, of designing software analogous to designing you know, a building or whatever else has to happen in the, in the physical world. And so the whole class was, was to write down the requirements of what the software was supposed to do, and then write down the specifications of, of what the, you know, how we we're gonna build it. And at the time I thought, this is for sure the biggest waste of time that there could <laughs> yeah, ever be. Right. <laughs> we're not even writing code in this class. When am I going to use this in the real world teach? Yeah, exactly. It, it was so absurd because in, in school, you're handed assignments. You don't have to like probe and ask and check. And in the real world, of course, in the, you know, especially in consulting, nobody has handed you the assignment. Your, your, your first job is to figure out the assignment and, and then, you know, then propose a solution. So. Right there, there's a natural aversion, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm no different from anybody else. Writing down what the problem is or what you're trying to solve seems very silly. But one, it doesn't actually take a lot more time than the blah 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 and back and forth that happens over, you know, days and weeks and months, and, and years. Um, and and it's very eye-opening because it forces everybody to say, yeah, that these are the must-haves. These are the, these must -haves. Are the nice haves. Well, I mean, so now if we go back to the classic. Again, pretend it's me, the average, the average Joe, who is, who is, who is, who who says, oh, I've hit a point uh, that I think my gut tells me because I read an article that our sales have reached a, a, a level that we should have an ERP. Mm -hmm. And so, what do I do next? Classically, I'm going to call up or email or whatever, contact three ERP companies who gleefully send sales reps there uh, to demo and foreclose as quickly as possible any kind of selection process, any shop, right? And, um, and I start through that demo process, it, which would be typically an entirely um, sales rep controlled environment. I'm going to be looking at my must-haves through the lens of, well, what do you have for me? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm in the showroom and I'm saying, this is a must-have. Oh, yes, this is a must-have. Mm -hmm. But your process that you, you're saying is that fundamentally will be more productive in the end is to do the hard work of defining pre-technology what are the business process gaps I'm trying to close. Mm -hmm. Fair? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a 25 you know set 25 tab excel workbook rfp with you know 75 questions on each tab right it it can just focus in on the things that are are particularly top of mind to you so you don't need to tell your erp software that it needs to pr you know pr produce financial statements right like th there's there's some table stakes things here that you can you can cut some corners and skip over it and say yeah but sure you're going to do all that stuff, but if, if it doesn't integrate with this, if it does not um, automate this process internally, if it does not support advanced um, pricing rules, I buy and sell food, uh, uh, the, the prices fluctuate, 
we have all these contracts with with customers. These guys are a dollar markup. These guys are a percent markup. The, right? Like, what are those things that are that are core to, to your business to solve that are pain points now? Um, and then and then approach it from from that angle. Yeah. Uh, um, what about what about the the maybe the the well. Do you feel that there's a tendency maybe to um, to fall in love with look and feel more than function, or actually is look and feel very important? Hmm. I, I mean, for me, look and feel is n not very important. That I'm not necessarily the uh, you know, the the exact uh, you know personality type as the decision makers we're talking about here. Um, yeah, there can be a tendency to, to, to be wowed by a, a couple of aspects of, of the user interface, and that's the that's the danger of, of shopping and just kind of looking at looking at some stuff and then saying like, oh, okay, great. Um, so so yeah, I th I think that uh, the what's more important than you know the the interface or the look and feel and things like that is that um, I I would argue and you and I would would argue that. Um, it, it is the uh, an ERP is a is a platform on which and around which to to build out the the tools to, to run run your business and um, it there are a bunch of things it does perfectly out of the box on the first try you know accounting and journal entries and AP and you know there's there's a bunch of things uh, here's your inventory snapshot and whatever um, but to get it to the point that you need uh, from the, hey, it does 75, 85% of the stuff out of the, uh, correctly on the first try, to the end of that, you need, you need a trusted human being, internal or external, who is going to identify and define and close, close those gaps. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that it, whoever that person is, uh, I... I Ask that person what tool they want to use, right? Like that's that's my bias is like if I'm going to hire a professional, um, I'm not I'm not going to go and like pick the the drills and the hammers and the and the um, you know yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Then, and then say okay now that I have now that I've yeah. picked all my tools build my house but would, here's the equipment you must use to do it right yeah right like I I would think like. Who do I trust to do this and to get me there and to navigate the inevitable hiccups? Because there's a cone of uncertainty. You're most uncertain at the beginning of a project when you make up budgets and things like that. Yeah. And then you become increasingly knowledgeable throughout. Uh, and it, it's a silly exercise then, of course, to say like, well, well, why didn't why didn't we foresee this? Why didn't we plan for this? The answer is because we know more today than we did then. Than we did at the beginning. So why would we continue comparing ourselves to our ignorant, you know, our, <laughs> our ignorant selves from the beginning? Um, so I, I think that those, like, who's going to do this for me? And then what is the tool? And then, sure, if, if something is so off-putting about the look and feel and, and interface that it's going to be disruptive to your to your team based on your knowledge of them, then, then that becomes a must-have and, and you really got to take it into consideration. What, uh, you know, we... we we could go on forever, but we try and keep these things uh, into a semi-manageable, like a, a, a half of an average commute. W what would you say now? So let's pretend I've gone and I've, I've done a selection, all right, and I, I'm now about to implement a business software, uh, whether that be 
NetSuite, fabulous product, or Microsoft's Business uh, uh, Central, another fabulous product, or even at the the more multinational level, the, 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 those those big giant systems. What are the what are the things as a CEO? I've just signed off. Go and go and implement. What should I be keeping my eye on and 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 le- letting me worry about at night? Uh, change management. So the the internal the internal person running the project rarely also has the authority to make all of the required people right. change all of their behavior. Right. And and so you get a couple of people who are dragging their feet on it who weren't really bought in or maybe they maybe they're being asked to change all of their behaviors and, and they weren't uh, involved in the selection. Can I process. just say one thing as you, I just to put that in people's minds. We, you know, we, we like to say, hey, there's a procurator to pay process and there's the order to cash process right and just on the journey of it from an order to cash there are so many departments that are that are involved in that complete storyline and the same thing with procure to pay and so your point is like I, I just need to get I, the, the the internal implementer the project manager it is not going to be able to tell purchasing Here's how we're going to do it. They have to have buy-in and they have to have a, a participation in that. That's what we're saying, right? Yeah. And so you should expect and anticipate and actively glean what are the current risks, what are the current blockers, what are the cur- per- current like personality dynamics that are, that are at play here that are that are kind of um, slowing us down, and how can I, as the sponsor, go go give give everybody a pep talk and 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 rah rah and here's why it's best for the company and we're so grateful for your your participation is so grateful for your flexibility Hard work in this. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, if if that is present, and and there there's some level of morale, and there's some level of like, okay, well, I'm giving up this thing, but I, I'm I'm being recognized as giving up that that thing, and and recognized that um, there there is you know there, there are trade offs, and and so I don't feel so so bad about it, and and I, I feel I feel known. I feel like the I'm, I'm appreciated, and now I'm a little bit more willing to to do do a little bit more work, or, or you know yep. go through the learning curve or whatever. Yep. yep. Well, uh, this has been a great joy, and uh, let's I know you'll definitely be here in the fall. Let's 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 do a part two follow up uh, when when you're back, and safe travels home, which I know Thank is you. not today, but safe travels anyway. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. All right, we're done.